Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Uh, hello, welcome to the Barons Podcast. Uh, the joys yeah. of attempting to record an intro on uh, Maybank Holiday. Guess who forgot it was Maybank Holiday? Uh, seems to be getting away with it. Yep. Okay. I'll keep going. Uh, our guest today is the the wonderful uh, Nikesh Patel. What a lovely bloke, Jay. Uh, incredibly charming. In many ways, I wish I was. Hi. That's enough. That's enough. What a career. If you're like me and you've spent many a happy hour, I don't, you know, you, I go on some websites, I feel like I'm wasting my life. On IMDb, I'm enhancing it. Um, we discuss his career and uh, he, he's he's jumped up some hits. Uh, and then his, his current show is obviously no exception. It's one of the most talked about shows on telly right now. It's the, the wonderful Starstruck uh, with, dare I say, friend of the pod, uh, Rose Metafeo. Um, it is, the premise is, Rose is uh, an everyday dude, and I'm spo- I'm spoiling the opening seconds of the show. She's in a club. There's a, a meet-cute with a, a young gentleman, uh, Nikesh, not too young, he's old enough to be in the club, uh, Nikesh Patel, where do I know you from? Mm. The meet-cute develops into something else. And I will say no more. I mean, there is a clue in the title, to be uh, to be honest. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful show. It's a proper binge-worthy show. If you're in need of a, a new box set, given uh, another very popular BBC show uh, finished its current season last night, uh, then I would strongly recommend Starstruck. It's wonderful. It's on iPlayer now, or you can watch it on a weekly basis. I don't, I'll be honest with you. If you can wait each week for a new episode, you're better than me. I I absolutely blitzed this. Uh, that's how good it is. And the chemistry between Nikesh and Rose uh, really fizzes. It really pops. Uh, absolutely dreamy stuff between the two. And as we discuss chemistry, there's you know sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. People can get on off camera, and then what, for whatever reason, it starts rolling and doesn't happen. And that, you know. There's, so many variables, but but thankfully, uh, I know these two uh, clicked off camera, and uh, and it really makes for it really adds to a really lovely, wonderful, heartwarming, and very very funny show. Uh, Nick Ash and I talk across uh, a wide range of of topics, and I've got to say, the, the past dare I say it myself, the past few weeks of the pod 
there have been some really glorious episodes and uh, this sits snugly among them all. So huge thanks to Nikesh and the people who made it happen. Here he is, the great Nikesh. When I've literally just finished uh, watching somebody on a show, it's my, my brain can't cope with then seeing <laughs> moments uh, moments later. Um, straight, I mean, straight off the bat. By the way, you're, I mean, you're you're as someone who loves IMDb a great deal. Your IMDb is just hit after hit after hit. I mean, that's uh, that's very kind of you to say. Uh, that, what's the secret there? Because that's some batting average you've got there. I don't know. Well. I don't know if there is there isn't a secret. I think um, I think I've always been, yeah. I've just tried to. Someone gave me it was um, Aisha Kala, who I did Indian Summers with. Yes. Uh, once said, and I'm sure she's stolen this from someone else. But <laughs> there are three. There are three reasons to do a job. Um, one is for money, which is you know not to be not to be squeamish about. We, we all got to eat. Um, one is if it's going to further your career and and one is if it's going to feed you artistically or creatively. And if you can get two out of three on any job, that's, that's pretty good going. Three out of three are like unicorns. Uh, if you can get two out of three, that's pretty great. Um, and yeah, it's really simple, but I just, I really like that, that bit of, um, you know, in terms of weighing up whether to do something or not, because I suppose that's that's what we're talking about, isn't it? It's, it's it's a career where you where you make choices and it determines what you're going to do next. Hopefully, I just think that that is such a powerful thing for you to have in your head. So even subconsciously, maybe these as these roles are coming your way, as long as you've always got that. I mean that that must be uh, that's that is a really useful tool, isn't it? Because some people. Crikey, I've certainly not done that. There's been times I've just said yes to whatever, and it, it doesn't always work yeah. out. And 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 listen, sometimes you know circumstances are such that you've uh, you've got to do you've got to do a job because you need some money, and and you're not going to get the other two out of it. And that's you know I'm I'm sort of talking uh, I'm talking like ideal ideal circumstances in a way, but uh, yeah, I, I sort of feel like you know p- particularly now where thankfully I've been doing it for you know, coming up to 10 years now. Um, a, a good rule of thumb for something is um, if, if I woke up tomorrow and I found out someone else had been cast instead of me, would I feel jealous? Would I feel like it was one that got away? And, and that tells you something, I think, um, about whether it's right for you or not. Are you, this is such a, this is, this is a random question. You've yeah. not, uh, I'm not an actor, but this is a podcast that is proving popular with actors. Have you heard of this Dead Eyes podcast? I haven't, no. Mate, I think you'd appreciate that more than. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's about a guy, it's very, I've never done this before, plugged someone's podcast during a podcast. Uh, it's about an actor who 20 years ago was sacked off Band of Brothers by Tom Hanks. And so he, uh, I think he's trying to get closure. He interviews as many people as possible to find out uh, what happened. But what you just said there, the number of actors who he interviews who have that exact same process, it's uh, strongly reminded. But um, yeah, Dead Eyes, 
Red eyes. Okay, I'll check it out. And and you know that that's that process is going to be really personal depending on the individual. Because something that something that I would you know give an arm and a leg to be a part of might not float your boat at all. But I think there's so much pressure. I guess as an actor, but with with all sorts of things to take something because you should take it or because you should feel grateful or because it looks good or, you know. Um, and I think that it's sometimes just stepping back and, and kind of asking, like daring to ask yourself, hang on, what do I want in this equation? I spent so long <laughs> running around, like putting myself on tape for things or like dropping life plans at the, less so because of lockdown, but, you know, that's that's usually the lot of an actor. But sometimes you can your you can forget to check in with your own sense of, I guess, worth. Um, but you know, and, and and you know what I'm talking about in some ways is very specific to a career as an actor. But I've had it, you know, uh, with lots of my friends that are in, in in other jobs. It's just that thing of going. I suppose there's more. That's much much more of a career path, right? There's a ladder. There's a um, I do this so I can get promoted to this so I can eventually become this. And sometimes that, I don't know, I, maybe it's my sort of like interest in, in people that have, have, you know, stable jobs and, 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 uh, and, and different lifestyles are kind of go, all right, but you know, maybe this is a really stupid question, but is that, is that what you want? Is that what you need? Um, is there another, is there another route to where you want to go or, or, or maybe, maybe actually where you want to go in this, in this sort of very planned, I guess, like corporate structure doesn't exist. And you've got to yeah. imagine it for yourself a bit. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to blow some serious smoke here. So uh, strap in <laughs> your, the performance in Starstruck is such a nuanced and beautiful thing because on the surface, I shouldn't feel sorry for this guy. He's a hugely successful actor, but the fact that he's clearly, picked a few wrong roles he's done things for the money um how, how tricky was that because you you really you really nailed that and i did and i did sit and that's thanks to the, the 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 beauty of your performance i totally felt for for your character even though you know on, on some level all oh, crime your river he's had to take these films for millions of so totally. mate, that's i mean that's a feather in your cap well th- thanks man i really appreciate that i, th- I think yeah, those were very much the the conversations I was having with with um, with uh, Karen, our director, and and Rose um, when we you know when I got cast, and I suppose part of it as well is recognizing that actually on a, on a, on on a certain level, what you said is absolutely true. There is a lot that Tom has to be grateful for, you know, but maybe what I know from being in the profession and not, and not operating at the level that this character does. I know because I've got friends that have been through it or I've just, you know, I've, I've come across people that, that, that work with that kind of that machinery behind them or that, um, that's that, that expectation of a certain lifestyle. Um, it comes with a lot of perks. Don't get me wrong. You get treated in certain circles extremely well when you're, you're kind of put in a, in a spotlight where people, you know, we have, I think it's fair to say an, an, an obsession with celebrity culture. Um, they're sort of our gods now because, you know, religion's kind of for a lot of people anyway, taking a step back and, and what do we focus on now instead? Um, but those people, I don't want to excuse, you know, 
stars that act out and, and, and make people's lives horrible by any means. But I suppose what I was what I was connecting to or trying to find was, okay, but where how could someone with all of that going for them actually feel just as uh lost or uh lonely or um or even if it's not something as 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 um as extreme as lonely, like you know, just kind of really wanting to connect and 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 um and, and like cut through a lot of that uh is this a sweary podcast absolutely yeah cut through the bullshit you know um because um yeah there's a lot of it there's a lot of it in this profession man <laughs> and it's um well you, you we see what happens when we kind of when we see stories of of stars acting out it, it um it's at once a lifestyle which is incredibly unstable and um incredibly focused on uh metrics that in everyday life should be important like appearance like uh uh for whatever reason desirability um and and you're you know being on a being on a set is so it's such an infantilizing experience a lot of the time because even just wrapping my head around why like uh, as an actor you're not allowed to get the tube this is before covid by the way you're not you're not allowed to just like, oh yeah i don't i don't need a I don't need a car actually i'll just jump on the tube and they're like no you can't why that like, for insurance purposes you need to be in a car because that way you're if you, any delays are accountable for um so you're like yeah you're great you 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 wake up and you're you're picked up from you know my flatmates like you get driven to and from work every day it's like yeah, but it's not, it's not really a measure of my like status. It's that's, that's the way things are done in this profession. So little things like that kind of add up. And I think, uh, can, um, I can, I can certainly understand why it can warp people's sense of, of what's expected and what's real when they then start engaging with other people. And, and, and it feels like Tom is someone who's very much trying to resist that, you know, he's kind of found a level of fame and success, uh, as you say, um, quite out of the blue, made some strange, uh, or maybe maybe made some some choices that he didn't think were going to have the impact that they did, um, and suddenly he's got all the, the trappings of this lifestyle, and and and, and actually um, doesn't massively want it. Yeah, how much does your gut play a part when it comes to picking stuff? So, <clears throat> I mean, something I'm about to—I don't think it's in a negative way towards. Sir Michael Caine, one of, you know, obviously one of the great, you know, one of the yeah. great movie stars of all time. But from what I understand, with with uh, what he would do was he would just pretty much say yes to everything yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he, I think, by maybe by the law of averages, he knew that that say the Christopher Nolan film had to be around the corner. So if he, like in the eighties, he, you know, he made certain films, but obviously, you know, you and I, we could pick out twenty at least, you know, brilliant films that he's in. Yeah. Whereas you, you, your process is different, isn't it? I just wondered uh, if you listen to that that internal voice when it comes to picking stuff. Yeah, I, I think it is a little bit of that. You know, the, the stuff that I talked about earlier. You know, what what are the reasons for taking this? And was it also Michael Caine who said he? And it might he might be talking about a very specific point in his career where he'd basically get a script, flip through flip through, see that a scene took place in the Bahamas and go, yep, I'll do it. So, you know, like your metrics as an individual change and far be it from me to judge Sir Michael Caine for taking a job because he's going to get a jolly out of it, you know. Um, yeah, I, 
Well, that's, I think that's another thing that's true, isn't it? What, what you, what you judge to be of value. I certainly find this kind of my markers ebb and flow, depending on where I'm at in my career, you know, the, 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 the choices that I make uh, will be informed by what I've just done. And if what I've just done has been uh, sat at home twiddling my thumbs and feeling like I can't get arrested, then that's going to, that's going to impact my next decision. Um, if I've just done something that I want to kind of change up, you know, if uh, I guess an obvious example is after, after doing a, a, a lot of screen stuff, which I love doing, you kind of, you know, theater was my first, sure was my first love. And you, you kind of go, yeah, I'd like the buzz of a, of a live, of a live performance, um, which, you know, touch wood, hopefully they're slowly coming back, but that, that <laughs> part of the industry has been cut off at the knees, you know? Um, so yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the decision-making, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I like to give myself a break and go, your, your values or, or, or how, how, um, how much you, you think it's got to be, I've got to do this for this reason that's allowed to move as you know an extreme example would be if a global pandemic comes along you know you're yeah, it's going to change your decisions and i think that's completely <laughs> there's that there is that great there, there is a great michael kane quote someone said to him jaws 4 is a terrible film and he said it might be a terrible film but it paid for a lovely house there you go yeah, exactly and, and and at the end of the day i'm sure he's got a lot of use a lot more use out of that house than than to think to give a give a toss about what you and I are saying about Jaws Four. Oh no, I mean no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I must say, and again, strap in for more smoke uh, coming your way. How wonderful was this role? Given that I guess what they were looking for was, and again, take these compliments. Incredibly good-looking movie yeah. star, and you and you end up landing it. I mean that 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 must feel nice. Look, there are there are worse things. To, <laughs> there are worse briefs to fulfil. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kind of try and dance out of that one for sure. But it's <laughs> it's weird, you know. It's not. Um, I suddenly feel like the more I talk, the more I'm gonna kind of end up doing a bad uh, Hugh Grant impression. But um, I mean, that stuff that stuff's subjective, isn't it? And 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 I, and I think. Um, what drew me to the part was not that, you know, um, and, and, you know, look far be it for me. There are some, some people that, that might see that as a marker of what they want to achieve. And I've, I've learned not to judge, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think what drew me to the part was just like what it feels like already audiences are, are connecting to, which is just like the sense of, just the sense of fun and the sense of playfulness between particularly between those two characters. Um, and uh, yeah, for me, it comes back to like, you know, I, th- I think rom-coms have always had an appeal, but, but right now, if you strip it back, it's about two people trying to, trying to connect. And I think we can all take something away from, away from that now. Uh, when did you, when did you realize that you, you and Rose had this, chemistry that was that was popping because that is so beautiful the re- the relationship between the two of you I mean uh, you know I could have been applauding from my sofa you've absolutely you know I mean compliments don't get bigger than this that there are real warm shades of uh Billy Crystal and 
Meg Ryan, you know, <laughs> arguably the greatest sure. uh, rom-com screen pairing ever. Uh, wh- when did you realise that the chemistry was was sizzling? I've got to be honest. I, th- I, I I don't think I did. And what I mean by that is what what I did, what I was aware of was that it just felt easy, you know, in some ways. That we, my first audition was on Zoom. Are you serious? Yeah, my first, the first time I read with Rose um, was over Zoom. Um, and I had my, yeah, I remember I wanted to be standing on the day. So I moved my laptop, to, I cleared my bookshelf, moved my laptop so I, you know, I could, I, I, I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to be sat just so I could move around. But we were, we were dealing with all the, you know, all the potential pitfalls of, of, you know, logging in and then finding out that someone was going to be. So I got a sense from that of, I, I was already a fan of, of Rose's work just because I'd seen, like, I'd seen her stand up. Sure. Um, so I think we'd exchanged like a couple of, of, of uh, messages just on on social media we were aware of each other but um i certainly didn't like no no her and then this this project came along and before i read the scripts i was like oh this is going to be good and then i read the scripts and was like it's really fucking good um but yeah in terms of chemistry i think the best thing I, you know that w- what i knew was if it feels easy there's something there because because i think you know and I'm not talking specifically about even like romantic chemistry, but sometimes you'll do jobs where you kind of go, all right, this is, this is going to be work today to, to find a dynamic with this person. That could be for a whole bunch of reasons. It can be because they're, uh, they're not coming They're you know, they're not coming to play They're you know, they're, 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 they're kind of, I think self-serving actors or, or people that are, this is true of like human interactions all all over them absolutely they're interested in kind of uh presenting a very fixed version of themselves um and not allowing for a conversation that's going to be like um flowing or might have the possibility that you're going to change or you're going to be surprised with with this stuff um i mean rose obviously knew the material at the back of her hand because she created it she co-wrote it but um yeah it just felt very it felt very playful so yeah we had our first meeting on on zoom and then i think i think two or three days later they said can you you know they want you back in uh can you go in this afternoon i was like i don't think i'm i don't think i'm going to be able to actually because i'm you know I, I, was, I was teaching i was zoom teaching at that point uh and, and there wasn't going to be time after i finished teaching to get away and they said um oh actually the avalon's offices are in west london which is like a t- 10 minutes walk so i was like part of me kind of wanted like wanted the opportunity to reschedule this meeting and just give myself a clear day or like a bit of space. Sure. Part of me just thought, you know what? I don't, I feel good about this. Um, I don't know why I need to kind of ring, get like ring fence that time and space. Maybe there's a, like a self protection thing or something. Um, my day has been busy and I feel a little bit like uh, messy but actually that's probably something useful in bringing that to what I'm going to, what I'm going to do at my audition. I wouldn't feel like I wouldn't make that call all the time. So, you know, certain things you might go, no, let me give you, let me take the space. And, and, sure. but yeah, I just, uh, so, so we met and we did our, we did our first scene, um, which is the, you know, what they call the meet, the meet cute in the, in the, the meet cute. Yeah. Very American phrase, but, um, uh, two meters distance. <laughs> 
because we were still figuring out those rules. Um, <laughs> and it just felt, yeah, it felt, it felt there was an ease there that I thought, um, and, you know, Rose is a very, she's a very, t- not only a very talented comedian in terms of her sense of timing, but she's a really good actress. Like I've, I've seen comedians that can do, they can do their day job, but then when they step over into, into, into acting, there's, there's, there's kind of, um, I don't know, the best way I can describe it is it's not filled outside of a gag. The, the, the yeah, it's, it's not filled. It, it doesn't feel like three dimensional where she was on the whole time and improving and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm not by, by trade in terms of kind of my background, um, uh, an improviser, but I suppose having done, you know, having got to do more comedy over the last two or three years and scripted comedy, you realize a lot of that is just about fear. A lot of that is, is about thinking like, Oh, if someone throws something at me, I've got to, I've got to like, you know, use a tennis analogy. I've got to smash it back. Cause no, yeah. actually just, you just got to knock it back. You yeah. just got, to, you just got to keep the rally going. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes trying to snatch it is what ruins the, is what ruins the rally and the sports metaphor. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Someone's listening to that going, all right, mate, I think you've overworked this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's something about, yeah, I, 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 I'll keep saying it, it was ease. So I, I didn't get a sense of like, wow, we're fizzing. Um, I just got a sense of like, this feels very natural. And that's sort I mean, that's the job. I think that's, that's, I think that's what, that's what, if you feel that, then there's hope that the audience is going to, is going to feel that as well, particularly with the circumstances of the show, which is, you know, someone who's, who's in this quite like enjoying this quite privileged, uh, rarefied lifestyle. Um, and someone who's, I think could best, his life could best be described as chaotic. Uh, there's yeah. If, if, if when those two people don't connect, the audience doesn't um, doesn't want them to be together. Then, I, then the thing can't work. And, and, the th- and the beauty of this show is, I was, I mean, I was literally rooting for you guys, you know, because because you're right. There's no there's no investment from the audience otherwise, is there? No, um, and I think it's deadly if you, if you don't if if you don't want them to be together. In in in, in I think in any rom com, uh, if if you're not rooting for them. Uh, yeah, and and, and and again, it's hard because as an actor, you can't you can't be thinking I'm going to play this in such a way that the audience is really going to root for me. You've cu- you've kind of just got to trust the <laughs> way. Again, because it's, it's it's then it's trying too hard. You just got to trust. You got to trust the words in front of you and trust that you can. You've got a rapport with the person across you, and then, um, and then the rest of it sort of like is left to the audience to to make their mind up. And that, now, filmmakers. I mean, I, I'm, I know a little bit, but not much. Could you share the genius of these filmmakers on lockdown and the the, the way they? I only know this from picking the brains of other people, but they're able to make things look like you are having these intimate conversations. But it's it's th- through sheer camera trickery, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're always that two meter thing is always there, isn't it? Yeah, and there were there were there were more there were scenes where it was easier to control the environment and 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 therefore to allow 
actors to work as normal. And I think that was, you know, regular members of cast, myself included, were getting tested really regularly. Um, and uh, the, the rules were, you know, pretty strict on set. Everyone, everyone with masks on, windows always open. Um, uh, no, I don't think we took our masks off unless we were uh, either rehearsing where, you know, it, you get to a point where like, I have to be able to see your face. Uh, <laughs> and then obviously, uh, and then obviously when we're shooting um, and then when it came to, um, you know, any, anything that involved some smooching, there was some truly horrific mouthwash involved. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the kind of like the, the big crowd stuff where, you know, you're working yeah. with, you know, supporting artists and stuff. Yeah, there was an element of, of, of trickery of going, well, we want to sell that this looks like a packed club, but, but you know, the, the beauty of moving a camera is that whatever's in shot has got to be filled. But then outside of the frame, obviously, it can be, um, it can be nice and spread out. So, uh, yeah, it was a real challenge. But it's, it's one thing that I think uh, has been really heartening about, because so many in- industries have, obviously been hammered by the pandemic but you know the 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 film and tv is full of problem solvers and and i think once once there were guidelines in place i think by and large stuff is stuff has managed to to get made um so yeah and it just (laughs) i just felt really jammy like getting to act you know that opening scene at new year's eve in in cargo and and uh, it, it sort of it was, it was reminding me of social skills that were like that atrophy during lockdown of just like oh, being from people. Um, there's something about being able to be in a club scripted that felt safe. Whereas the I know, <laughs> I know people are eyeing up. What is it? Uh, whenever it is in June, when we're all you know we're legally allowed to to go out again. And on on paper, I'm like, yes, I'm so ready. But then just from a social anxiety point of view, let alone everyone doing their due diligence about vaccines and kind of where are we all at? And I just don't think I'll be, I don't think I'll be ready. I just, it'll, it'll be, I, I feel like the visual you'll get of me in a club is going to be just like hugging myself and crying in a corner, but like, but like smiling. I'll be like really happy, but really, <laughs> and I last about 20 minutes and then I have to go home. Uh, a friend of mine said she bumped into a couple of mates and she said her social skills had, it's like they'd gone back to zero. She said that she found herself like ludicrous, like oversharing to a ludicrous degree. And then after they went their separate ways, then there's the shame and the, and I, I, I totally, I, I've not even factored all of that in, but I mean, we are going to have to, we all need to go on some sort of course. Well, it's like, I th- yeah, I, th- I think there's an element of just like relearning yeah um and acknowledging that it's weird you know yeah. I, I caught up you know uh caught up with a friend uh, on sunday we went for you know dinner outside a you know in a kind of pub pub garden uh and we were joking like he's one of you know i've known him since school and we were joking like this feels like <laughs> the, like the, the nerves we had about seeing each other we're like really old mates it's like yeah it's like you know we're going on a date and there's like we're not but there's just something about like oh god what do I say how do I you know uh, I'm really conscious of silence or yeah I think I think we've all got to give ourselves a break with that and um but it's it's a dub it works both ways because I think I'm conscious of 
if I, how do I put this? If I wait for things to feel. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Easy again, rather than just kind of doing what feels possible. And uh, that moment may never come. I might have to put the cart before the horse and go like, "All right, I'm going to sit here. It's going to be weird." And maybe, <laughs> maybe the next time, actually, it won't be so weird because I'll remember like, "Oh God, I wanted to talk to him about this," or you know, it kind of. Yeah, I, I think it. it I think you're right. I mean, a course would be great. Or I think what's going to happen is we'll end up just kind of probably just giving each other tips going, remember, you can talk about, talk about this or you can talk about this box set, or, you know, you don't have to talk about the news all the time because that can be really depressing. So yeah, we're finding that as we go. Uh, may I ask, what was the, what was the four weddings experience like? Because to someone like me on the, on the outside looking in that, that feels and sounds like, dreamland what 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 was that like it was yeah it was it was a lovely experience i mean it was um i think well it was my first time working on on an american show you know it's all shot and set in almost all, all of the locations are set in london but but just yeah there's a you're aware of a bigger machine a slicker machine um with more more i suppose more execs more 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 people to call shots but at the same time there's um uh you know there's a it, it presents a, a a particular uh version of of london which i think translates to, to both sides of the pond that that kind of works works for an american audience but you know, particularly bits of it with my character that who comes from who, who's grown up in Hounslow is a real joy to go. All right, well this this is a fresh ingredient for a rom com because you wouldn't have seen this. You know, everyone in four weddings, I'm pretty sure was white and pretty posh. Um, it's a beloved classic, but if you were to ask, you know, and the, the, the question will get asked like, why does this why does this story need telling again? I always felt like it, we're not telling it again. Um, it's sort of like a 
a, a, a remix or an homage. You know, there are there are there are nods to the film. There are nods. If I mean, I think Richard Curtis fans will love it. There are nods to kind of lots of other uh, like well-known rom-coms within it. But at the same time, yeah, I, I, I think it was a celebration. Certainly, I felt of, of London as it looked today. Um, and you know, you're getting to work with really. You know, much like Starstruck, it was it was helmed by a woman who had a real love uh, for this genre. I mean, in Mindy Kaling, absolutely. And yeah, in in in, I suppose there is, it's it's interesting to 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 have done to have done that. You know, not that long ago, and and for this to come along, they. I suppose in some ways they speak to each other, but they also feel quite different, which is which is a lovely position to be in. It doesn't feel like um, it doesn't feel like a a, a repetition, um, and part of that, I guess, is the personnel involved. Um, you know, going back again to does this? Do, do I feel like I can get something creatively from this? Yes, I yes I can. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a real joy, um, and also I think one of the few. Uh, you know, until very recently, I've, I've done some really lovely jobs. But I've not had a, a proper stint at home, and so getting to shoot in London kind of just felt like a felt like a bonus. Now, were you were you close to following in the the family footsteps? <clears throat> Is there a parallel universe where you don't pursue acting? How did how did the acting come about? My parents are both pharmacists, and I've I've said this before. The the one bit of uh, careers advice they gave me was son don't be a pharmacist um seriously yeah 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 they i i don't think i and i what i understood by that was don't don't do what we're doing just because you feel you have to which is incredibly generous of them that is generous. <laughs> i don't think they 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 realized how far i was going to run with that <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey look doing what I, yeah, I listened. I didn't become a pharmacist. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it sort of, where did it come from? It sort of, it, it crept up, um, to be honest. I, you know, I didn't come from a family that um, that knew this industry or, or or even really like grew up, grew up with a particular love of theatre or, or cinema. Like we, we like going to the movies, sure, but um you know it, I, I wasn't sitting in the cinema at a young age going like oh, i want to do that one day it just didn't that didn't feel accessible or really possible um it was only really when i went to i went to university and it's it, which offers that chance to kind of like either like remake yourself completely or or to just go you know what i was for whatever reason, I, I was never a guy who who felt that they could audition or like uh, for a school play. You know, I, I dabbled a bit. I was um, I was a shark in West Side Story. Um, you know, classic classic role. But uh, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I suppose I didn't have the confidence. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see people who looked like me at school treading the boards, if I'm quite honest. And and so even though I wouldn't have at that time been able to 
analyze it on that level of oh it's about representation subconsciously something was going oh that's that's loads of my mates are doing it but i don't think that's for me and then like quite late late in my school life i saw um uh an asian kid in a in in a school play just and it it just looked like so much fun and i was like oh shit it it you know it's suddenly so obvious i all i needed to do i might be crap but all i needed to do was audition if i if i don't audition if I don't put myself out there, I'll never know. And so, yeah, when I got to uni, I just started, um, you know, putting myself out there for for auditions, and 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 I kind of got I got the bug. I you know started getting quite um, quite meaty roles. Like interestingly enough, I gravitated towards like classical theatre. That was my that was my way in. It was you know Shakespeare, and I, and I think there was something about like big big canvases, big like epic stories and bold characters and that I really that I really gravitated towards and then I got to the end of you know it, was, it got to the point where I was, I was doing my finals and I was like hang on I'm spending more time learning lines than I am prepping for my English literature exams um I don't really want to let this go uh and it was friends of mine who said have you thought about applying to drama school my answer wasn't wasn't that far off what is that sure um which is weird because i wasn't i don't think i had a i wouldn't consider myself when you had a, a sheltered existence but it was just a it's just a part of the world that hadn't been opened up to me um and so yeah i i uh i said i said to my parents i want to and i remember being quite terrified I didn't need to be, but there's, you know, there's the, there's the fear that you're, you're suddenly, you're not going to be supported or, or, or something that, that is really close to your heart might be rejected or dismissed. And I said, I want to, I want to, I want to do this thing. I want to apply to drama school. They're very practical about it. They said, you know, give it, you know, you've never given us reason not, not to believe that when you do something, you're going to commit. So do it for a year um, see how you get on and 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 have a plan B and, and thankfully I got into drama school and that's sort of you know that's where that's what kind of lit the touch paper and 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 I, I, you know I, I entered the profession after that and also it's so it's so important that I find I find it insane I, 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 I'm in danger of going off on here but I find it insane when I watch an old program just how white everything is and, and I read it one interview with you where you talk about goodness gracious me mm. and you're you're right that was that was pretty much the only thing on television that, that of of that ilk or uh, of that sort of representation um and it's amazing how and we're still talking about quite recent shows how badly they've aged because of that lack of uh, diversity yeah yeah and and you know it's important to say as well I'm telling you, the goodness gracious me is is iconic, but but I think I I I named that as something which had like commercial or appeal or you know I felt like there was a point where every every house in this country was sitting down to watch that show. It sort of it transcended something, even while being like wonderfully specific and about you know uh, about characters that I don't think we'd ever seen on our screens before. So you know it did so much, but you know that i don't mean to say that there wasn't really um impactful meaningful stuff being made 
because um, there was in the world of, you know, independent cinema or, you know, another example that comes to mind that I could name the sort of in the, in the, in the same bracket is going to go, it's just me, it's Bendit like Beckham, you know, it's like just a yeah. smash hit. Trailblazing uh, stuff though, when you look yeah, back. Yeah, really was. Um, but I suppose, you know, the, looking back on it, I reflect the stuff like that felt quite few and far between. Um, yeah. And you know, and I'm still, I'm still coming to to grips with why that is, and and, uh, but I think even more importantly for me than kind of like trying to answer that question because I'm, I, you know, I, th- I think it's down to probably a lot of, of factors, but I do feel like we're at a time now where that that lens has shifted um, and you know, inclusivity and representation is being taken more seriously. Um, and, you know, there's a realisation that, as you say, on, on a basic level, it's just, it's about real, realness. You know, it's about looking at something, looking at a depiction of uh, of a particular time and place and going like, yeah, that's what it looks like. And it's it's, it's weird, you know, you, sometimes you, it's easy to miss that. I've been, you know, and I, particularly in this profession, like, I've been I've been reflecting on that with, you know, like like every industry in the aftermath of um, George Floyd's murder, and then the the commitment to uh, to a lot of um, it's both individual, but also uh, on an in- soul searching on an individual level, but then also in terms of industries, companies putting out statements and, 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 and saying we need to do better because it, you know, the, the tragic thing about George Floyd's murder, it was, was, it was one in the, in a, it was the latest in a number of such atrocities that have been happening in, in the U S but it's something about that one. I don't know. It, it really resonated. Yeah. Something about, um, and yeah, the subsequent conversations that have happened, I think, have you know trickled down in 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 lots of ways, and I may, and I and I think made certainly made me realise that <clears throat> two things: there's a there's a willingness where there wasn't before to have conversations about representation, about uh, you know how something like racism can can have an impact in the workplace but much earlier than that you know racism that's like a a a brick through a window is one thing and it's actually you know that's the racism that my that my parents generation dealt with um um but there are more insidious forms of that that operate uh now um, and I think there's a there's a generation of us that are going okay. It's 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 great that we don't have to. I mean, I don't know if I'd have the I'd have the character or the strength to to, to deal with the shit that that, that that generation of immigrants had had to deal with. I'm talking specifically about you know my parents' generation coming to this country. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that um, there are things. Uh, that I shouldn't pose questions and kind of poke at things that, that seem sus and seem off now. And I, I think part of what lockdown has been 
part, one of the ways in which lockdown has been useful is kind of just stepping back, what, what, the noise quieting down, right? Because um, there was nothing to do. But then for my, for my industry in particular, like there was a, there was a kind of, there was a period where actually the phone wasn't ringing and you didn't have to worry about it. Sure. Which is unusual. Normally in this profession, it's like, if it goes quiet for too long, you're left wondering, like, is there work out there? Is it me? You know, this kind of, um, but there was, there was, there was space and there was quiet and there was time to just kind of like reach out to people. And we were all doing it on, you know, fucking zoom, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, there was space. Cause people are like, Oh, you're free. Oh, we can actually like, uh, we can actually get together. And, and I'm not saying we were, we were necessarily, I was, I was necessarily connecting with people because of what had been happening in the news. But on some level, there was an element of like, oh, you know what? I'm starting to realize certain things about, about the, you know, the, 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 the systems that are, that are in place that, you know, create the work that I make. And I just love to, to have the space to be able to talk about it and to, and to then think about, oh, how could I, how could this change? A lot of that was is sometimes a lot of that is a, and I'm doing it. You know, I feel like those those connections I've made, you know, particularly with um, fellow my fellow like South Asian a- actors, um, many of whom are people that I've been aware of and I've been admirers of. But you know, it's a weird thing and, until you spell it out and go, why don't we connect? It's like, oh, because so many times our work means that I'm. I'm hoping to get a job at the expense of someone else. Yeah. Which does, which can do like, which can mess you up and can put you into a mindset where it's, you know, it's a scarcity mindset. It's, it's like, it's gotta be me or you. Um, uh, and success, my success must therefore be predicated on your failure. Um, you know, and, uh, and you know, our, our, our reps in this business can, can, unwittingly encourage that i'm sorry you didn't get it because so-and-so did and and now actually I, I really i make a point of going like that's great he's my mate you know it wasn't it wasn't meant to be for me um and i you know the the more good stuff that's out there and the more people that are shining and, and are excelling the, the you know a rising tide's gonna was it a rising tide lifts all boats yeah absolutely uh, so i i think I think that kind of scarcity mindset, um, which is about a lot of things, you know, uh, it, I think it, 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 it's about maybe a, um, a need for control, a need for a, a, a particular type of security, I guess, which isn't generous, which which doesn't think like, hey, if that, if that person's smashing it and I'm smashing it, then we're both smashing it, <laughs> you know, and Absolutely. actually... It's not about it's not about scrapping for a seat at the table. It's about smashing the table. Well, it's about either 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 saying, "Can we extend it and pull up a few chairs?" Or if that doesn't work, it's about smashing the table. And I, so I feel um, I feel optimistic. The the more of those conversations I've had, and 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 with that comes a pragmatism as well. If I'm honest, about okay, with all the noise that's 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 now come back and all the conversation and all the pledges and all the commitment, just starting to be a bit um, savvier about who's, 
who who's going to talk? Who's going to walk the walk? <laughs> I had to pause there. Remember what the expression was. Who's going to walk the walk, and, and who's who's just going to pay lip service? Absolutely. And again, that that can happen everywhere, right? It's not, I don't think it's specific to to the acting profession. You see that everywhere. People paying lip service because it's seen as quote the right thing to do, and then when you scratch the surface, yeah, they're not actually doing anything. They're just doing it for posturing. Well, look, you're you're a. I, I know because I listened to your your episode with Henry. I know you're a sports nut, but. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's the same accusations could be made with football, right? With, uh, oh, mate, you know, um, absolutely. I mean, look what happened with the look Super how League. Quickly, ESL got got turned yeah. over. I think who was it? Like, good on him. Like Patrick Bamford said quite early on, didn't he? Brilliant. Um, it's amazing how uh, this. I mean, just yeah, just think what this what this energy could achieve it if it was diverted to towards um era- like eradicating racism in the game that 48 hours in all in, i'm 42 years old in all my years as a football fan i have never seen i'll tell you what that 48 hours was more entertaining and explosive than any football match i've seen for years and bamford bamford absolutely nailed it i mean there were people were vying for airtime to express their anger, their fury. And, and Bamford came on very coolly, uh, put it. I mean, he's absolutely spot on, isn't he? Where, where's this energy been? Yeah. 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 And, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm curious about the. I'm sort of fatigued about the game, if I'm honest. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy for this. I mean, I'll still watch it, of course, but like, I'm happy for the season to air. I'm happy for the season to end, and and at this point, it's starting to feel like too much of a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong, football has felt like a bit of a lifeline through all of this, particularly that that time where it got you know where everything had to shut down and then it came back, and it was like, oh, thank God. And I thought that was they almost didn't get enough credit. Project Restart was a minor miracle that they pulled that off, and it was you know the people behind that. If I ever meet them, I would you know shake them by the hand. That was incredible. However, yes, I think there's a lot of football fatigue out there. Who is your team, I ask? I'm a United. I'm a Man United fan. Um, and, you know, my my flatmate's a gooner. And I just, I was, I just remember, I kind of remember saying, you know what? I, I know it's not, it's it's not, um, punishment is probably not, probably not due to, it doesn't feel like it is due to the manager or the, or the players of the, at the club. But if those six teams got dropped down oh if they if they had the ball yeah. that's what they did if do. they all got dropped and and with the knowledge that only three teams would be able to make it up brilliant and whoever leaves leaves you know um i mean you know what that there's some drama <laughs> yeah do yeah. that that'll make it exciting there's some drama there's there's a test of who's committed to their club uh, it, both in terms of players and in terms of fans um yeah it won't happen I, but i'd love it to well i remember when you they got relegated and buffon yeah. stayed didn't you that's that's where you show your true colors i guess you know yeah yeah exactly um well now before you get yeah i've just seen the time and this i think the, the, the sign of a great chat is when i'm apologizing for how much this has overrun so uh, that kudos to, to you thank you so much but before you go the question that i often forget to ask is uh what do, what do you do for balance 
which, which, which the answer can't not take into account lockdown, right? But I, th- I think it's been uh, being direct, actually, but like in terms of just like clarity of communication, which sounds a bit like airy fairy, but you know, we we've all had the the relationships in our in our life have been placed under a particular kind of strain with all of this. Um, and I think the inherent British trait of, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. uh, Well, maybe it's British, maybe it's, maybe it's like a middle-class thing, but whatever it is of, of just not, of just, of of just not being direct and being like, actually, mate, you know, um, I'm, I'm, whether it's to say I'm struggling with this or like, even on just like a, on quite a banal level, like everyone, I was, you know, jumping onto Zooms left, right, and centre when they're when we weren't allowed to go out, and it was this this thing to celebrate. And then I suddenly realised, oh, I can't. I don't. There's something about you know looking at all your mates on gallery view and and trying to time when you're going to speak. It's all that, wasn't it? All of that, and and you know, and I don't think any. It's it's there's a there's an inherent kind of like balance that comes when you're all in, in a communal space together. Because if I tune out of this conversation, then you and I can just have a chat and be like, mate, how are you? You know, while someone's wanging on over there. That's not what <laughs> might be me, by the way. Um, but, but yeah, something about having to just kind of like watch it be shared out uh, when it's your mates. And yeah, so uh, a small example of being direct was to start with, I was starting to make more and more excuses for like, Oh, I've got, you know, I could join, but I've got, to, I've got to duck out at, at X time. Sure. And then after a point, I was like, you know what? I really struggle. And it's not, not on a, not, not to the point where it's giving me anguish, but like, it's still, it's still struggle. Like I, re- I, I really, I really struggle to engage on this level. And I, I think I had a certain amount of anxiety about, like going to my mates and saying that because I didn't want to be seen as someone that rocked the boat or, um, but I feel like actually it was appreciated because, you know, outside of the, like the, we're all slaves to the group chat for a bit, weren't we? But outside of that, you kind of get, get people going, yeah, me too. You know, it's not, it's not a problem. Um, that's a like small version of it, but yeah, I'm trying to be, I'm trying, you know, if anything feels like it's a problem, Ordinarily, I think we're we're quite good at compartmentalizing it. Or going like, nah, we don't have to talk about that now. But when you're, you know, particularly in the dynamics of like sharing a flat with someone, sure, uh, we're, we're, this is not normal. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say directness has been key, and then the 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 other obvious one, which I think it, you know is is been like like walking outside in in but like specifically in nature, you know, which, and realizing a friend, a friend of mine said like, what has London got to offer when everything's like switched off and we're not allowed to go out? And I kind of went, Oh God, maybe you're right. Um, I think there is something about the buzz of this city that has been missing, but actually part of the answer is like, I'm appreciating the green space that the city has way more than I used to. Exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, there's something. I think we're all doing it. We're all we're all on the cusp of re-emerging into something that's not quite normality, but feels closer to, to normality. We're anxious about what what going 
going back to those old habits is going to feel like. But I hope that we're all taking forward stuff that actually there was a there was a lot that was really difficult. But certain things, particularly, I think, in the world of work and how we engage with our professional lives, um, there's a lot we can learn from and take forward. Absolutely. Now, I don't know before you go, I don't want to say anything spoilerific, but I will say I think I'm right in saying congratulations on the renewal. That's uh, a wonderful thing. Yeah. 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 No, it's, um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun seeing people respond to, respond so positively to this. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a confirmation of what I, what I suspected, which is like people are, it's, people are going to really enjoy this. Um, and 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 I think it's it's entertaining and it's heartwarming and 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 it's really funny. Um, so yeah, getting to getting to do it again is going to be a real treat. I'll say this to anyone listening: if you can finish an episode and resist the urge to not immediately start the next episode, you are made of much stronger stuff than I am because I was. Oh, go on, one more. Oh, one more. I mean, it's. I mean, that, you know. And again, that's a a huge compliment and testament to to, to you and the show. Thank you, mate. I really appreciate that. Uh, mate, that was that was such a, a privilege to, to chat with you. So thank you so much and uh, huge congratulations with everything. Likewise. Thanks a lot, James. And mate, and I mean about the IMDB. I mean it's a, that is a banger, my friend. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'm maybe I haven't looked at my IMDB for a while. It feels like quite a weird, weird thing to to check in on, but maybe I'll have a look. I think I saluted it. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, look, I'll take that. Cheers, mate. All the very best. Take care. Take care. Huge and heartfelt thanks again to Nikesh and uh, to Team Nikesh for making it happen. If you've enjoyed the pod, as ever, across the socials, we are at Balance LDN. I am at James Gill Comedy. I hope you enjoy uh, your bank holiday Monday. Maybe you're listening to us as you've gone for a walk on your bank holiday. Hope you're enjoying your walk. Be careful out there. Watch the traffic. If you're in a field, that was a ludicrous thing to say. This is attractive. What am I talking about? Uh, We'll see you next Monday. Thank you, as always, for your support. Always uh, very grateful. Take care. Lots of love. Thanks again to lovely Nikesh. Uh, All the best. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 